Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of A Few Goodmen, where we talk about the movies of John Goodman. This week, we're talking about Evan Almighty. Dana, I don't know if you remember this. You and I saw this movie in theaters together in high school. Yes. Um, I, I, I'm so we sorry. paid I'm... money for this movie <laughs> twice. I'm sorry to say that I don't remember who I went to see the movie with. I just remember seeing it in theaters. And honestly, I remember enjoying it more than I did um, this time. Uh, you know what? I actually have that in my notes as well. The first time I saw it, I didn't hate it. And this time, you know what? Like, I didn't like it, but you know what? You know what hurts about this movie for me is that this is such a good concept for a movie. Like, all it has a great cast. Like, the concept is interesting. All of the pieces are there for a good movie. And then they are just like, well, what if we made a piece of shit instead? And then they just. <laughs> Oh man. Um see like when was the last time you watched Bruce Almighty? Years. And uh, you know what? I remember really liking that movie at the time and it's probably another one of those movies where I watch it now and I'd be like, "Oh, this wasn't that good." See, the thing is, the thing that sells Bruce Almighty is entirely Jim Carrey. Like yes. that's he is what sells that kind of wacky wacky movie concept because he can he can do wacky um steve carell i feel steve carell did as well as he could with what was provided to him here. oh yeah 100 percent. but here's the thing is that steve carell is not jim carrey no steve carell actually is best when he's not trying to be funny in my opinion um You've seen, have you seen uh, the fox uh, Foxcatcher? I haven't, but I've heard good things. It is like hands down the best thing that he has ever done. Um, I, I I quite like him in the office just because like his character is not funny, and that's what makes him so funny. Oh yeah, see in in the office he's kind of this interesting blend of being like a straight man. But also, like, kind of like, the... like a straight man to his own ridiculousness. Yeah, exactly. It's like it, but um, I don't know. There's there's so many things about this movie that just go against um, Steve's strengths. Um, Morgan Freeman seems to be having a good time. He's he's back. He's God again, and he's fine. Yeah, like, and you know what? I thought like so, like the Gen six fourteen thing. I thought that was interesting. I thought that was a really interesting way to do that. Uh, but right off the bat, this movie made me mad because it has like wild inaccuracies in it. At the right off the bat, like you see Steve Carell, he's a news anchor, and they're congratulating him on winning his race for Congress. You can't be an anchorman. While also running, <laughs> that is illegal. Also, they skip over, like so. Steve Carell was in Bruce Almighty, playing the same character, um, who was like Bruce's competition. And when Bruce was God, he made Steve Carell speak in tongues on air. Yes. So, but the thing is, is that there is him being a public embarrassment, and then there's him being elected congressman. Like, the story in between those two points is 
way more interesting than a guy building a boat. I, I they... think that it's pretty obvious that this movie was written for Jim Carrey. <laughs> and then Jim Carrey is like, no, I'm not doing that. So they're like, all right, well, we have this thing written. Who else was in that movie who's also, kind of famous just, right now? But just think about it. Like what one of the big one of the big kind of points of stress is the fact that, like, oh, his wife um wants to get closer with the family, him and the three kids and all that. If um I, I completely forget who played the live lo- the love interest in Bruce Almighty. Jennifer Aniston. Oh yeah, Jennifer Aniston. If 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 Bruce came up to Jennifer Aniston and was like, "Hey, um, God came back, and now I'm Moses," she'd say, "Okay, sure, that's that's believable," because she's already seen him be God and met God and all that kind of such. So I I think it has to have been a, a second person, um, just to make sense. I mean. Again, like I don't think like it seems like the p like the pieces to a good movie were here, but they just couldn't quite figure it out. Yeah, um, but okay, like, so I know, like, I know that this is a movie about a man who's building an ark because God told him to, but that doesn't mean that they have to be inaccurate in every part of the movie. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I have I have so many so many questions. Um. Like the whole thing about him building an ark is that there's going to be a flood and the flood ends up being a dam that breaks. But so he ends up saving um, all his family and all these people who came to look at the boat because it was there. But I don't understand the, the purpose of, of all the animals in that, in that situation. Uh, yeah, like there was no need to have one of every animal on this boat if it was just like, oh, a dam's going to collapse. Because Spoilers for those who haven't seen the end. Because nobody, just... nobody, nobody drowns. Like, it, there's a big, a, a huge flood in which houses are knocked over, but nobody, no, no human even drowns, let alone like giraffes and, and everything yeah, like, else. Yeah, this wasn't. This was not going to affect the giraffes at all. They just had to have it in there because it's a story about Noah and the Ark, kind of. I guess. Yeah, there's parts of this movie. Have you ever seen um, We Bought a Zoo? No, but I've heard that it's a good movie. I, it's it's not. Um, no, it's it's definitely not a good movie. Um, I was comparing it to to this movie uh, in my head while watching it. <laughs> Okay, so what's that? Well, like, we bought a zoo. Is the like? Oh, that's the plot the of the title, movie. The title is self-explanatory. Is the plot of the movie? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Matt Damon gets closer to his family by buying a zoo. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like tasteless bubble gum. Like, um, it it's not offensive. It's just you you kind of forget it's there. Um. Okay. So, but on the topic of the cast, let's let's talk about a few th- things. Um, We've got you, Lauren Graham from the Gilmore Girls, and I was excited to see her in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is perfectly. Were you were you fine. ever were you ever into the Gilmore Girls? No, I have never seen a single episode. Oh, I love it! It's a gr- it's great. I all I know about it is that it's pretty girls talking fast at each other. That's 
I suppose. And one of them was in Sin City. Yes, that was Alexis Bledel. This is Lauren Graham, who played Lorelai, who, and I just wanted her to be happy. I just don't know. I The extra episodes that they made years after the fact, I don't know why they had, anyway, topic for another day. Um, <laughs> With John Goodman in it. No. So definitely not a topic for another day. Uh, <laughs> okay, I, that, okay. I, I, I have two things. I have two things, and they're both kind of, um, I, I'm just trying to figure out which one to go first. Actually, I got a, more than that. But anyway, Jonah Hill. Do you remember when Jonah Hill was like allowed to play two different characters and this was one of them? Yeah, he was like, uh, oh, he's an awkward nerd. And that was the character he played. Because this is also his character in The Invention of Lying and um, uh, The 40-Year-Old Virgin. And to a lesser extent, also the character he played in Moneyball, which he got an Oscar nomination for. Oh, and... Um, um ah shoot um hail and wolf of and wolf of wall street and <laughs> yeah yeah um i i still haven't seen the movie he directed um um 90s mid 90s oh i didn't see that did you ever see 21 jump street no i have not seen that or 22 jump street oh those are great those are great movies yeah i've anyway. i've heard i've heard they're good um they gave channing tatum like a a, a new career yeah, but like they did give Jonah Hill a whole lot to do in this movie. Oh yeah, this movie he is just a nerd um, who knows. He's stuff. there because he was a name at the time that they could put on a poster. And and oh, Wanda Sykes, like Sykes, Wanda Sykes. I feel like most of Wanda Sykes' lines weren't written. Um, that it was just in the script. So, um, near the end, like near like season two and so and and be and actually i think three and four of um community um they started doing this thing with donald okay. glover with donald glover where they would just they would they would not write his tags they would not write the end the end lines they would just get him to like improvise stuff because he was you know funnier than most of the writers and I feel like they tried doing that in this movie with Wanda um, Wanda Sykes because she just has all these like one-liners that feel very like um, very improvised. Um, I don't know. I don't know. How, how, did you did you get any of that kind of feeling, or is that just just her delivery? I guess. Having some tech issues. It looks like it. Yeah. Um, I think there might be something with your connection. It might be. I'll just wait for the music to end here. <laughs> what was Any that? second now. Okay, there we go. Yeah. So, uh, so we have, like, currently have our, like, modem downstairs, and it's going to be moved upstairs tomorrow. So it should probably be better after that, but yeah. So what was the last thing that you remember me saying? Uh, we're talking... Uh, so I was talking about Wanda Sykes. Wanda Sykes, yes, is the last thing we were talking about. Yeah, and I was talking about how um, how in Community, they just would... They wouldn't write all of Donald Glover's lines. Uh, they would just allow him to kind of make up stuff. 
because they're like, he's funnier than us. Um, you know, he's a television writer and a comedian. And I feel like a lot of Wanda Sykes lines were in that same kind of ballpark because it just, they all just felt kind of like off the top of her head. Um, I don't know. To me, it sounded a lot like they were trying to write things that Wanda Sykes might say, but Wanda Sykes is clearly there for the paycheck. She's, she's just like, all right, I'll just say that then. Like she did. <laughs> it didn't feel like the cast of this movie really gave a shit about this movie. So they're like, right, we're not, we're not going to ourselves trying to make Evan almighty. <laughs> Do you think anybody, um, I see, but the thing is, is that like the end credits is just all this video footage of the entire cast and crew dancing to give the yeah. impression that this was the most, this was the funnest movie to be part of. Which it seems really disingenuous. First of all, I hate any time a movie ends with a dance montage, like especially a movie like this, where we're supposed to try to give it, like right at the end, they're just like, oh. You cared about any of that? Joke's on you. You're dumb. <laughs> oh man. Um what are some other what are some other examples of, of movies that end with dance montages? All, the first one that comes to my mind is um uh, 40-year-old virgin again. 40-year-old virgin That one I will defend to the death because that's a fun movie. <laughs> that was a fun movie to watch. So I imagine it probably, and this might have been fun to make as well. It's a pretty good cast, but like watching it is like, this is like, nobody loves this movie. Like nobody in the cast is passionate about this. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe Steve, maybe Steve. Who maybe knows? Steve, because it like, he was like the top of the bill and he it was like, his career was like right at that level where he was like just exploding so it was like, oh, now I get to star in a big movie. So now I have to take this seriously. Um, one of the things that I noticed about this movie is that I don't know. Is it just me? Or is God a big fucking dick in this movie? Oh, yeah. He is. He is not. Um, he's not real friendly. Um, but he's he's always smiling. He's always smiling, but like it's like he's being a cocksucker about it. He's just like, <laughs> hey, a flood's coming. Guess what? I'm I could build an I'm God. I could build you an ark in a second. But instead, I'm going to make you risk your career on the first day of a new job, make you look insane on public television, and make your family hate you. And it's like, well, you didn't have to do that, man. So this movie shares a a big nonsensical kind of weirdness with the Santa Claus movie which is like so when Steve starts building this ark because God tells him to do it Evan he Baxter grows the beard. yeah he grow. he's all of a sudden he starts growing a beard and it's like facial hair that's like if he shaves it it immediately comes back it's like why is that a part of it also, why are the robes part of it? Because he, like, God gives him, like, these, like, old, you know, biblical robes. And he he puts on a suit to go to work and he steps outside and then God forces him to sexually harass a male lady. Yeah, he's just like, oh, no, no, guess what? You're naked now. And it's like, that's great. That's a felony. 
Yeah, God made me show you my cock. <laughs> and then, and then he's he... like, hey, guess what? Now you're wearing this robe on television. Even though you were like, you went to work in a suit. Hey, guess what? I'm going to embarrass you in front of everyone. Because again, this is all part of God's sick game. Yeah, like the thing is, is that in the Santa Claus, if you remember, um, Santa is like a curse that falls on people um, where they have to do this job. It's not like a single individual, but for some reason they have to be fat and old. Um, Santa Claus. Wow. I haven't watched that movie and I probably six months or so. <laughs> That's you a watched, real blast. <laughs> you watched the Santa Claus. Um, six I, months watch ago? A, I watch the Santa Claus every year, sir. <laughs> Then you will remember how needlessly his hair turned white and his tummy turned to jelly. It's like, why is this part of it? Why does why does he have to be wildly unhealthy? Why can't he just be a guy that gives away presents? And and so not only did they make his hair super hair and beard long, but then God turns it like super white. Like he looks like at the end. Steve Carell doesn't look like Moses, but he looks like he's in like just really kind of so-so Lord of the Rings cosplay. Um, He looks like the the bad wizard. Yeah, he looks, uh, yeah, he looks like fucking what's his name? Yeah, who's played by, (laughs) who's played by Christopher. Christopher uh, Christopher Lloyd, who actually, weird fact that has nothing to do with this movie or anything, Christopher Lloyd was present at the last public execution ever done in France. Um, It wasn't Christopher Lloyd, though, because Christopher Lloyd is from Back to the Future. Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. That makes more sense. And he played Saruman the White, yes. Yes, that's the name I couldn't, because, yeah. The last time I watched the Lord of the Rings movie was um, what year did the last one come out? It was it was uh, then. The last time I watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy was about six months ago. Do you because watch? I watch. I watch it every year on New Year's. Oh, I thought you. I thought it was a double feature with the Santa Claus. <laughs> you know what? It kind of is. <laughs> I watch the Santa Claus every Christmas. I watch <laughs> I watch Lord of the Rings every New Year's. I don't know I, why. I have never had a movie I watch every Christmas. There is one movie that my friend and I uh, watched, and we were like, we're going to watch this every Christmas. And we did it um, two years in a row. And, and What was the movie? It was The Night Before. Oh, the Seth Rogen one. That's a good movie. Yeah, it's it's very funny, and um, oh shoot, what's his name from The Shape of Water and um, Superman? This is a Play- sidebar. I I want to say thoroughly fuck The Shape of Water. I hate oh, that movie so much. I know, I know you hate it, and it's <laughs> it's so it's so good. We can still be friends, but like fuck that movie. I hate it. Oh, see, that's the kind of diversity you're getting in this podcast. It's the opinion of John Goodman movies from somebody who loves movies and somebody who hates The Shape of Water. <laughs> Why did she sing in the middle of it? Why is that? It's a dream sequence. 
Why am why are we fu- why is she fucking a sea monster? It's allegory. It's allegory for what? Fucking a sea monster? Racism. I mean, and, I and the and the Cold War. That would make sense if the scene before the sea monster hadn't literally eaten a cat. <laughs> it wasn't the scene before. Jeez, come on, give it more credit than that. I I like to, for me in like the main character's head, she's like, "Oh, you eat cats, huh? Well, how about that?" The... <laughs> anyway, so getting back to another movie that sucks, Evan Almighty. <laughs> Hey, hey, come on. These movies I mean, are not... Hey. These movies suck in very different ways, and I will give you that. Was Evan Almighty nominated for Best Picture? No. Did it win for I... Best Director? No, and also Shape of Water did win for Best Picture, and that also makes me very angry. <laughs> oh. I don't so, remember what it was up against, but I like wasn't that the year that like a Mad Max movie was up there, and it was like I legit think that that was the best movie made in the last decade. Oh man, you know what? This is a super unpopular opinion, but I, but fuck Fury Road. Oh, <laughs> we have very different movie opinions. That movie is one of the most boring. I don't know. It's uh it's so. I, I checked my I checked the time like four or five times during, while watching that in theaters. Oh, it was 2018. I don't think it was up against um, um, Fury Road. I don't remember uh, what one. Oh wait, the year Fury Road one. I think that's the year Spotlight one. Maybe I don't know. I don't remember. Anyway, Evan Almighty sucks dick. It was up against um, um, the Darkest Hour, Dunkirk. Uh, Phantom Thread, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing's Missouri, Get Out, The Post, Call Me By Your Name, and Lady Bird. What won that year? Um, didn't you say that it won? The... Yeah, it was the shape of the shape of water one. Oh, okay. Oh, we're still we're talking shape of water. Okay. <laughs> You know, John Goodman would have been great in that movie. He he would have been somewhere. You know what? If John Goodman had played the sea monster, I might have been on board. <laughs> Man, freaking um, uh, amazing um, actor Doug Jones played the monster. Yeah, and actually he did a very good job with whatever. I will say that it's a well-made movie, but I hate the movie at its core. I hate and... everything it is except for like how they did it. Anyway, the the point I was trying to make is that Michael Shannon in The Night Before plays a drug-dealing angel, and he is one of my favorite things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I have no idea what to say to this. But, Man, the shame, I, but let's... Let's talk a second about John Goodman in this movie. How yeah, yeah, I was going to say we haven't we haven't mentioned John Goodman's role as Congressman Long. He plays the congressman. He's kind of like it's another one of those movies where he's just the classic bad guy, and it's like you know what he does a good job. You know what I was kind of were you were you a little bit surprised that he wasn't from Louisiana? Because this uh, seems exactly bit. like this seems exactly like the kind of role that he would put on like I mean, a southern accent for. <laughs> but, 
but yeah, it so, works because he does the voice so well. Yeah, yeah. John Goodman is good at being like a formidable force. Um, and he's his congressman, and they're trying to put through this bill that's going to like uh, screw over a bunch of stuff. They they don't really a hundred percent make it clear what the bill is. All we know is that it's it's bad, and uh, he's going to make money and. I think the idea is like they were cutting down like some wildlife for land deals, which is how every fucking land deal works. It's like, okay, like, yes, I understand in principle, like, oh, you know, you clear all this forest, you know, some like animals will die. But it's like, then where are we supposed to live? Man, and before we get more into John Goodman, that makes me think of this other like kind of trope from from movies that I find super annoying. Which is the whole thing that, like, a father, usually a father, um, sometimes a mother, but one of the parents will have, like, a job that is allowing for their family to survive and thrive. And we're supposed to feel like he's the bad guy for that. Yeah, they even have the scene where, like, the kids are like, what are you doing, Pops? And he's like, I gotta work today, Junior. And they're like... Yeah, we know you do. And it's like, he's in fucking Congress, man. Yeah, like, how? why would you think that he'd be able to take his first weekend at a new job off to go hiking? Because um, that was the big thing. They were like, oh, he's going to go, we're, we're going to go hiking with dad. And, oh, no, he's got work to do. What a freaking asshole. Um, <laughs> it's like, what? what do you want from him? Like you ever see that awful, awful, awful movie? Um, just, just utterly terrible. Cheaper by the dozen. I haven't seen that, but I'm also thinking of similar movie, Furry Vengeance, which is kind of the same idea. But yeah, Cheaper by the Dozen. Um, Steve Martin can't stop banging without a condom. Yeah. Oh, right. Because he has like thirteen. No, I did see this movie in like theaters, and it sucked. And he gets his dream job, and because of that, he misses. He can't help one one of his twelve children with their homework, and so he throws away his dream job so that he could help one of his twelve children with their freaking homework. Like, and it's oh. like if you have twelve kids, first of all, don't like <laughs> right off with that. But second of all, like you need a high paying job to pay for twelve kids. Yeah, like he just can't stop coming. <laughs> I, I would love it if instead of cheaper by the dozen they had called it that and tried to release it in theaters steve <laughs> martin it can't stop coming <laughs> oh, Rated i saw that in theaters with my parents and i did too it's it was... not it's not good at all. Like one of the children run away because his dad won't help him with like biology homework or something like that. And he's like in grade three. And I was like, I, I hate that child. Remember, I do not remember a single thing about that movie, except for he got like at the beginning, it explains that like after the third kid, he went and got a vasectomy and then it didn't take. And then they had twins and it's like, okay, well, why don't you go back and do it again then? Why would you be like, well, we have five kids. Might as well have seven more. <laughs> um, I just remember it because, like, I grew up in a household um, 
it, where I was tremendously privileged. And one of the reasons I was privileged is because my parents were busy people. They were also very loving. It doesn't make it, it, it makes it seem like um, your parent is paying their all their attention to you or they don't care. Uh, it's one or the other. Like the fact that he couldn't go on a hike because he's busy with this absurdly large um, like contract that he's got to read over the weekend or not contract bill. It's like, um, it's like 4,000 pages long. <laughs> and, um, so, and they're mad that he can't go for a hike. It's stupid. Yeah. And they're also, also he's, he's portrayed as a bad guy because there's this scene where a bite, where a dog bites him directly on the dick. And he, um, he responds negatively to that and he's and he's oh yeah i wrote down a note that his his kids they watch a dog take a shit and then high five about it oh yeah (laughs) i was like what was the point i remember watching that and i also thought that that was really weird that like like haha look at a dog and it's like that's why we can't keep the dog and then the dog's taking a shit and kids are like aha awesome and they high five and it's like i don't what was that just put in there so like the kids kind of had some character because really the kids have like zero like they don't have much of a character other than hey they're kids um one of the kids is a big fan of animal planet and see i watched this movie two days ago i already don't remember that because they're they're in the vehicle that the vehicle they own is like this SUV that's got TVs built into the back of seats. Real real fancy for freaking 2005 or whatever when this movie came out. Um yeah, and then the one child he'll like randomly spout out um uh, animal facts and then the mother was like that's enough animal planet for you. It's like yeah, that's enough learning. That's uh And that is the entirety of the of the character development for three children. <laughs> I forgot there were three. Oh yeah, the 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 um the character development they give for the oldest child is that he's willing to die for his father. I don't even remember that. Because they're like um when they when they're about to get raided by the police, the son's like I'm here for you no matter what. Um <laughs> Oh yeah, they're about to get raided by the police at one point um because of <laughs> of of uh of because he's built this huge arc and they're like this is a building violation so if you don't leave it we're gonna demolish it and like shoot tear gas at you um very timely by the way side note the cop that's doing that is played by dean norris he's playing a cop in this movie he also very famously played a cop in breaking bad so for that reason alone i'm gonna say that they're in the same universe (laughs) <laughs> Evan Almighty takes place in the Breaking Bad universe. Matt, he was also in like Terminator 2 and and Total Recall and a bunch of stuff. I I had forgotten that he was in Breaking Bad. Um because I'm that person who does not like that show. That's you're the one person. Yes, welcome to the one person. Now, nah, there's plenty of people who don't like that show. Um, it's just they, they don't know they'll be attacked. 
but yeah um the other thing the other the other note i put i wrote because this was very i i just felt this needed to be addressed there is this time where they're going through and they see a marquee like they're they're god is changing all this stuff and and evan is on his way to work and they pass a movie marquee the 40 year old virgin says, mary um, which is a which would be which would be a funny joke if it was in the background. But like it was like, Easter egg. hey, look at the thing we did. But aren't we clever? You're right. It it really does feel they, like a background joke that they were like, knew we did it. So like, let's make sure everyone sees it and notices it. Like the because the camera stops and zooms in on the marquee for that That's moment. That's the movie equivalent it's, of just like, huh? They, get it? Do you get it? <laughs> they were afraid that their audience, their target audience, was too dumb. You know what? They weren't for that wrong. <laughs> because you know the whole thing with this movie is that they're like, "Hey, um, did you know that seventy percent of the United States identifies as Christian? Seventy percent of three hundred million people. That's a that's a big audience." And it's Steve Carell's popular. And so what if we made like a Christian Steve Carell movie? Like, but, you know, but hey, it's not a religious movie because there's a dog <laughs> taking a shit. Dude, I really think that like Left Behind or the God is Not Dead series would have really, really benefited from a dog taking a shit. It's, oh, this, this, this movie, um, and also, it's it's to, like 2005 when this movie came out. Um, I think it was pretty... And so, it's still that era where they have all these, like, quote-unquote real animals, but they're, like, being assisted with, uh, with like, very um, outdated computer oh, graphics. Yeah. I mean, it's not as bad as The Ring 2, but it's it's still noticeable. Like, he... He'll, he... Also... You know what you know what's a, a pet peeve of mine for movies? Is like so there's a scene where all these birds are are chasing him. And they just all land on him. And um uh, Congressman Long comes in and he's like, What's going on? And he makes up this whole story about how, like, oh, we have to persevere over animals. Like, but he Honestly, doesn't at that point honestly doesn't be, know what's say, going like, on. What Why didn't he just say these birds? I don't know. I love. I don't know. They all came through the window. Yeah, like what's, what's, going, what's on? going on with the wildlife here? Why are there birds in my office? Like that would have been an acceptable answer, like, but because it's a comedy, they had to just make it as awkward as possible. Like there's moments in the movie where, like, because animals are following him for some reason, which is not part of the noah story noah didn't wasn't covered in birds while making the ark um but he's sitting in congressman long's office and all the fish are just staring at him and he is in a panic trying to get the fish to go away as if that would be something that would get him in trouble like as if it's like some secret identity as if he's like a superhero trying to disguise his secret it, it made no sense so he's just banging on the glass it 
and Which biting would have gotten fish. him in trouble for looking insane. Yeah, exactly. And it's just not funny. That's the biggest problem with this movie is that it is not... I, I laughed, I think, once. Um, and I can't even remember the line that I, I just... Oh, yeah, I, I do remember now. Um, when he's covered in birds... He gives this whole big just garbage spiel about why he's covered in birds. And then one of the congressmen goes like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And he's like, what? <laughs> um, that was the one moment I laughed in this like freaking hundred minute long sludge fest. Oh, the first seven minutes of this film, I already, I was already checking how long was left in the movie. It's not very good. Uh, so you just cut out a little bit there. Can you still hear me? Okay, good. I can still hear you. Yeah, um, whenever we have technological issues, it's only on your okay, end because cool. it keeps on recording. Uh, yeah, we're moving, the, we're moving the router up tomorrow, so it should be fine after that. But yeah. Cool, and the... And that's the we we've got a little we've got a little bit of an indie scene going on anyway. Uh, we're we're DIY with this podcast. Oh, you know what I'm Wait. looking forward to, Mark? Um, watching a good what are we John covering Goodman next movie. Week? Next week we're covering. Okay, well, that's going to be fun. So you know what? I've ne- I've never seen Have that ever movie. Watched... I've heard good things about it though. Um. Yesterday, I, I watched the trailer for it, and it looks oh, it, it actually it looks really really fun. It's it's like set um, I think like right after World War II, like in the fifties, and um, it's like the era where they start doing like real like uh, real campy stuff in horror movies, like having like uh, the seats have little electric shocks and and smell-o-vision and all that kind of like gimmicky stuff that they used to do. Yeah, it's about a guy who who runs a movie theater that does all these kind of uh, gimmicks. Uh, and that guy who runs the movie theater is John Goodman's, which means it's not only going to be a positively It's going to be John actually Goodman a John movie. Goodman movie and not a movie that just John Goodman's in. Yeah, we haven't had a John Goodman movie that is also like critically well-received since episode two. No, we did two. Uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. That was always oh, second, not episode two. That's just my schedule. It's the second one on the schedule I'm looking at. Yeah, but since Ten Cloverfield Lane, we haven't done that. Um, like with yeah. By, uh, the by the way, I was going to say by the way, um, coming up in a, not we don't know when, but sometime in the future, Mark and I were going to be having a uh, a special episode recorded in person, uh, where we're going to be talking about the movies in which. Uh, John Goodman should have been nominated for and or won. And let us know, yeah. Like, let us know in the comments if uh, there's anything that comes to mind. We'll then we'll uh, we'll 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 talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Go to Facebook.com/slash A Few Goodman Podcast and tell us which movie you think John Goodman should have have won an Academy Award for. Oh, sorry. And we. We will read all of your. We will read Both all of, of your comments. Both of them. All of them. So, uh, <laughs> any final thoughts yeah, you... on Evan Almighty? For me, I'm just not sure what lesson we were supposed to have learned from this. Um, 
sometimes you have to risk drowning your family to love <laughs> you your family. Have to, you have to grow a long beard and get fired from your job just because sometimes it's the right thing to do, apparently. Sometimes when you hear voices, it is God. <laughs> so you should definitely shoot up that supermarket. <laughs> oh man, this is going to be a testimony. <laughs> okay, I feel like that's a good place to end for the day. Of course, uh, next week we're doing matinee. Yeah, uh, you can catch us at a few a uh, few good men on Facebook. Oh, you can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, anything else we need to plug? Fuck the police. Uh, fuck arrest the, police. the person who murdered Breonna Taylor.